Welcome, everybody. I'm Chris Miller, author of the number one best-selling book, Ready for Pre-Tirement, Three Secrets for Safe Money and a Fabulous Future. And today, I am very honored to be the host of this show called Ready, Set, Retire. Do you lay awake at night wondering if you have enough money to pay the bills, let alone retire? In this show, your vision will be transformed, and I will show you how to have safe money and a fabulous future. I've counseled thousands of individuals, businesses, and families over the past 20-plus years, and I'm proud to say I've never lost $1 of my clients' money. I will share with you secrets I've learned over two decades that only the few rich know about and really have been around for centuries. Now, on my journey, I've met a lot of amazing experts, and that's why I've created this show, because there's so many things for what I call pre-tirement. Pre-retirement is plan retirement early so your money, your health, and your peace of mind is there when you need it. Today, my special guest is Tony Harris. She is the turnaround queen. Tony is known, around, known about this because she's an energetic speaker who encourages her audiences to take drastic steps outside their comfort zone and achieve amazing sales results. With only a high school diploma, Tony excelled as a financial advisor to become a six-figure income earner in the worst economic times. As a former financial advisor and sales manager, Tony consistently performed in the top 10% of the sales force. Tony is with us today to share some really great tips on how to dial in your life and your comfort with your money. Thank you so much, Tony, for being here. Chris, thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to having this conversation with you. Me too. You really have a great story. Maybe you could tell everybody how how you got from where you were to where you are. <laughs> I don't know that we have enough time for all of yeah, that, right. but there are... There are several stories in my life. As you read in my bio, I am the turnaround queen, and I have helped hundreds, probably thousands of my clients to take drastic steps in their lives to turn their lives around personally, professionally, and financially. I have over 10 years' experience as a financial advisor where I did retirement planning, either helping the young to get started to their retirement or actually helping people to retire and make sure they did not outlive their money. And so although I have I'm no longer a active financial advisor, I still am licensed. I have my six, my seven, twenty four, fifty one, sixty six and my license and my life insurance licenses. But because life sometimes gets in the way, I actually stepped aside from being a financial advisor in 2012 when my husband was struck with cancer. And so I have some real-life experience dealing with a sick person and their disabilities and how that affects you financially as well. So not only do I have the professional textbook experience, but I have the real-life experience. I've been through a divorce, which left me financially devastated, as well as uh, now a widow, 
which again is it's a traumatic financial experience. So we got a lot to talk about, okay. and um, sure. one of my financial programs is all about taking drastic steps to turn your finances around, and that's seven steps that we can talk about to help uh, know that you're on track to have a successful financial future. That's awesome. So, you know, you talk about drastic. It's from drastic to fantastic. That's so cool. (laughs) That's way cool. So seven steps to massive results. So what does it take, take to be the top money earner in your field? So you talk about um, determine your goals and your vision and implement a plan to achieve achieve them. That's like, okay, how do you wrap around that? <laughs> well, that's my that's actually one of my sales talks. I do I do keynotes and um breakout sessions and workshops. Um and that actually is one of my sales uh conversations for people who are either entrepreneurs or in the sales arena. And it just uh it talks about making sure that um you take the drastic steps that you need to be successful. When I was a financial advisor, I actually, um, when I, well, first of all, I was recruited to be a financial advisor with a high school diploma, no money experience whatsoever, um, but I was good in front of people. And my manager, or the, at the time, he was not my manager, he was recruiting me. He said, you know, I'll teach you everything you need. I have a lucrative territory that you will be able to make six figures in within a couple of years, and that sounded really good to me with a high school diploma, six figures, you know, was um, it was unheard of for me, really. I had never known anybody to make that kind of money. So I believed him when he told me that. And so I decided to uproot my family and move from Houston to Florida, And when I did, I got there and found out that everything he promised me did not, was not available for me. And so I had to figure out how to make things happen, even though my promises were broken. And by the way, this was in, and you'll, you'll recognize this, this was in June of 2000. Do you know what the stock market, you remember what the stock market was like in June of 2000? Yeah. It was so not the right time for somebody with no money experience to move their life halfway across the country to start in the financial services. Um, so I ended up driving 36,000 miles my first year around a scratch territory, you know the one, no, the one that nobody wants, um, in order to try to make it happen. and. So, you know, it is all about doing whatever is drastic, like driving 36,000 miles in order to get the results. And eventually I did get the results. And and so, um, and I ended up making more money than I ever thought was possible for me. And so, you know, being willing to do what's uncomfortable and, uh, you know, at first glance I thought I was going to, you know, I, I thought I wasn't going to be able to do it because the market was bad, the promises were broken, and I had to make a lot of sacrifices. But I I decided that it was worth it, and it was. And um, 
you know, so what I we encourage my clients to do when I'm coaching them is to take drastic steps in their businesses, whatever it takes to be successful. That, you know, you, that's really cool, and you've really gone through, you know, just first of all having, and I can totally relate because I've gone through the same experience, having a terminally ill husband or someone you love um, and go through that. And then besides the emotional, the financial that happens from all the medical expenses and the business. I mean, you've gone through a lot of changes. Um, so in talking to the average person, and, and you know, you talk about determine where they need help. Now, how people don't even know they need help and they, they can't even see themselves. So how would you go about to determine where they, they where well, need help? If you are talking about finances, um, and it just depends on what arena you're talking about, but for your show, I know you focus on finances, so let's focus on that. And that is, you know, first thing you have to do is take an assessment of where you are. And I find, I used to work with so many women primarily in financial services, and I find that we were really... um, bad about kind of burying our head in the sand when it came to our money. Right. Either didn't know, didn't want to know, left it up to the husband. I, I was still amazed how many women would leave it up to their husband to let them know what they were what was going on financially. Right. They didn't know if they had insurance. They just didn't know. They didn't know who to call if he was to die tomorrow. They wouldn't know. So the first thing I would do is say determine where you need help by taking an assessment. And if you can't do the assessment on your own, then find a financial services professional to help you to do that and get organized with your money. That way you can see clearly where your um, gaps are and where you need to fill in the holes and where you need to fill in the gaps and a lot of times you don't have time or energy or inclination to do it, so get some help to get it done. And um, and then that will tell you what path you need to be on in order to be able to get the results that you're looking for. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people are really stuck. They're in a place, you know, when I'm a, a lot of times they don't have money to invest. They're just barely making it day to day. And I get asked this all the time, well, what do you tell those people that are just barely making it? How how do they bootstrap up? How do they get, get it together? Well, so they have to determine where their money is going. And I bet if they took an inventory and an assessment, there are areas in their lives they could cut back and shave off that $3 cup of coffee every day from Starbucks. <laughs> going out to lunch every day adds up really fast. Giving kids money, you know, just reaching in your pocket and handing them $5 here, $5 there, that adds up. We need to go back to the old allowance uh, method, you know, giving them a budget and teaching the kids early. Here, you get $20 for the week. Don't come ask me for any more. But what happens is we we just, you know, are so used to just digging out of our purse or out of our pocket for a dollar here, $10 here, $10 there, and it adds up fast. So what I tell people is to take a um, one week and write down everything you spend, every single dime you spend, 
and see exactly where your money is going. So many people, because we don't use checks anymore like we used to, we don't even track our money. It used to be when we used our checks, we would put it in a check register to make sure we didn't bounce checks. But now we just swipe our card and we do it so fast on the fly, we a lot of times forget to write those things down. That's where online banking comes in handy. So for those people who are living paycheck to paycheck, I get it, I got it, I understand, I know it. <laughs> um, but so you have to look at where you are spending un unnecessarily. And I would venture to say a lot of us are spending money in places where we could cut back. And so um, the first thing I would say is write down everything that you're spending and then take a real hard set assessment and inventory. Sacrifice is going to have to be made, which sacrifice is a drastic step. And you, that drastic step may be giving the kids an allowance or you know, just not digging in your pocket for every time you want to buy something small because those little things do add up. It's funny. It's amazing how true that is. It's shocking that it, you know, people are in denial, but it really adds up. All the Starbucks and all the lunches and all those things, and that can really mm -hmm. put a little, put that aside, start setting that aside, put it in your Roth IRA, and start saving it. It can really build up. So and you know, a lot of the other misconception is, and I used to hear this a lot. I need a lot of money to get started. I can't talk to a financial advisor because I don't have a lot of money. Right. But most financial advisors have a heart, and they want you to start somewhere. And there are some firms they don't want you unless you have a certain net worth, but there are others out there. Even your local bank will take a $50 a month contribution into a Roth IRA. You just got to take the drastic step to sit there, sit in their chair and ask them what will it take. And if you take it off the top, the easiest way to save, by the way, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, is to take the money off the top before you get your paycheck. And you will adjust according to what's in your check. So I always recommend you go to your HR department, sign up for your 401K, your 403B. You can do Roth IRAs by payroll deduction now. Do something by payroll deduction so that you can start if you are an employee. If you are an entrepreneur, which I know a lot of your listeners are, it makes it a lot tougher because a lot of times entrepreneurs put all their money back into their business. But you can set up an automatic bank draft just like a bill for your um, IRA investment. And uh, if you do that, and it does, you can do it for as little as $50 a month. So there's really no excuse for not starting, at least getting started. And you can add more later, but the key is to get started. Right, absolutely. So, you know, in your, in your drastic, you can unfold that as you wish, but you talk about rely on your sales management. So what if you don't have sales management, or how would that relate to just an average person? I think I think we should talk about the drastic to fantastic seven steps to finances, okay. um, and the R in the drastic. So the D is discover where you are financially, and we talked about that. Okay. And the R is restore your confidence by understanding your financial personality. 
And so who, what kind of personality do you have as a financial person? There's five type of personalities. These were actually outlined by Allianz Insurance Company. I'm sure you're familiar with them. And those five personality types is the financial initiator, and that's the person that's self-assured, they're empowered, they know where their money is, they know where they're going, they have goals, they are working with a financial professional, and they're excited about their financial future. And the financial analyzer is the second personality type, and they have a good understanding of their household finances, they work by a budget, they have investments, they comparison shop, they are saver, they may use coupons, they usually don't purchase things they can't afford. They may be the ones that have cut up their credit cards and and don't use uh credit cards and they have they they've worked with a financial professional in the past or currently as well. So that's a financial analyzer. A financial collaborator is a person that they usually are typically in a relationship because they have someone to collaborate with. They are healthy and happy, and they're, they cooperate financially, which unfortunately a lot of people don't have that luxury. I did, when I was doing financial counseling, I would find that if there was a spouse, they were oftentimes not on the same page financially. And then um, a lot of people are single now, single mothers, single women, having to carry the entire load. But when you have a partner and you're on the same page financially, it really helps to make good financial decisions together. Then we have the, the next, uh, the fourth is financial avoider. That's the person who is overwhelmed by their financial choices and they don't want to know, they don't know, don't want to know. They cover their ears, cover their eyes, cover their mouth. They don't want to talk about money. They don't want to look at it. They just avoid um, any steps to, to to resolve any financial problems. Um, and they know they need help from a financial professional, but they just are not willing to take the first step. And then the last personality is the financial dreamer. And that financial dreamer, they're in, intimidated by their money and investing. They feel helpless. They sometimes they want somebody else to take care of it for them. You know, oh, it'll take care of itself. They just kind of dream and hope that one day it, things will work themselves out kind of, <laughs> kind of attitude. So, you know, the R is understand your financial personality so that you are able to restore your confidence in being able to to do your finances um, the way they need to be done. So we are wanting to be achieve the financial initiator and the financial analyzer. That's ultimately where we want to be. If you find that you're an avoider or a dreamer, work hard and start now with a financial professional to get your financial personality in check. Because I will tell you that money does make the world go round, and in the future you're going to need a lot more than you have today. And if you're not planning for that, you will not be able to, you may not be able to live. Things are just getting really expensive and out of control. So do it now. Don't wait too late. 
Um, and, and although there's, it's never too late to look at your situation, don't wait too late. If you can control it now, start now. Absolutely. It's it's mandatory. I mean, that's why exactly why I wrote my book is to I just put my business in my book cuz I see so many young people have no clue or interest as you say. I don't want to talk about it. I want to think about it. You know, sort of like live for the day and that's that instead of seeing what's happening and the signs that are around that they have to start putting aside their lattes and their you know extra money. So mm-hmm. You, and you talk about restoring your confidence by understanding, so that's the understanding of what you just talked about, right? And Restore your confidence of, by knowing your per- financial personality. Yeah. And when you know your personality, you can gain confidence so that you can go and fix whatever is broken and then be able to do your planning for your future in a confident way. Right. So then you talk about apply financial strategies to achieve your financial goals. So what would that mean? So, you know, <clears throat> Ralph Waldo Emerson said that money often costs too much. <laughs> that's and that's really true because it takes some effort for us to get money. Either it costs our time, our energy, or both, Right. And so some of the financial strategies that people can apply to achieve their goals is to protect themselves, first thing. And as a woman, I can't stress this enough. Do you have enough insurance? And I know we hate paying for insurance because insurance is that what if one day and maybe I won't need it. And it only takes one time to need insurance to have it pay off. And the case in point, most of us have been in some sort of car accident. If you had insurance, typically the payout on the insurance was more than your premiums had been for several years. But you only needed it that one time. And so insurance is so important to a financial plan. Disability insurance, I have firsthand experience when my husband got sick, thank goodness he took out a disability policy on his job, and it paid him long-term disability. And that helped to sustain us financially because I could not work and take care of him at the same time. So having insurance to cover you if you can't work, and for entrepreneurs, this is so important You know, one car accident could take us out of work. And if we are our business, we are out of business if we cannot go to work. How are we going to pay our bills? So disability protects your income so that if you have a loss of income, you can still be able to take care of yourself. Life insurance is the second thing with protecting yourself. And life insurance is so important Oh, my goodness, especially for women to have life insurance on their spouse. If your spouse's income is key to running the household, you need to have life insurance in order to protect the household so that he will, you will be able to replace his income. And so many people don't have enough life insurance. So... If your spouse was to die tomorrow, would you be able to financially maintain your lifestyle as it is today? And I will honestly say my husband didn't have a lot of life insurance, and 
I had only known, met him and married him. I married him knowing he was sick, and we so we were only together three years. And he had some insurance, but not, certainly not enough. And when I met him, after we found out he was sick, he wanted to get more insurance. And I was like, you can't buy insurance when you are diagnosed with cancer. <laughs> And so it's really important to buy it early and buy it while you're young so that it's cheap and it stays cheap for a long time. So making sure you have enough life insurance coverage. And here's the other thing. I've seen this in my practice. And so when there's a remarriage, make sure you are the beneficiary. There is no nothing a judge can do if your if the previous wife is still the beneficiary and he passes away. So no, don't take his word for it. What see the paper that has your name on it as beneficiary. Otherwise, either his children could get the money and move on, or his ex-wife could get the money and move on. Either neither scenario is good for you as a woman. So, and then health insurance. We all are hearing about health insurance on the news and the debate for health insurance. And let me tell you, that's a really real issue for a lot of people. Fortunately, my husband had excellent health insurance, and we didn't have to pay much out of pocket. And his 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 costs were in the millions of dollars because he had cancer for three three years. So it you know, health insurance is critical to a financial plan. In fact, your insurance is the foundation of your plan because if you can't work, you can't fund anything else. And so you have to make sure that you are covered with your insurances. Then, you know, save more, spend less, and we talked about that earlier. And then, again, set your money aside like a bill. So if you can take it out of payroll deduction, great. If you're not on a payroll, then take it out and pay it as if it's a bill and that, you know, your your life depended on it if you didn't do it. So. Those are some of the things that I recommend to the financial strategies to achieve the financial goals, just making sure that your protection is there because without the protection, your plan falls apart. Absolutely. And what you're saying is so true. Oh, I think, what is it? I mean, seven out of ten people over 65 end up incapacitated, and I think it's 40% of people in nursing homes right now are under 65. Mm-hmm. You know, shocking statistic because when you're, it seems like when you're young, you just never think you're going to die or some, anything can happen. I mean, you could mm-hmm. be working out at the gym and just fall and hit your head and go into a coma. And what I see is a lot of people, they don't even have plans or guardianships. So what happens if mom and dad go and come back from dinner? Who's going to take care of the kids? So what you're saying is so important. Um, for those well, you remember the Terry Schiavo case. Remember yeah, that? Exactly. Oh, yeah. And talking about, um, you know, having the the right uh, living will and health care proxy and put your wishes in writing and um, so that your family is not caught in a position 
of having to fuss and argue about what you would have wanted or what you didn't want or what they want. You know, Terry Schiavo's parents wanted her to live, but and she was living in a, a not a good state, and her husband wanted to move on with his life. Mm-hmm. And so it's a loving thing to do to prepare for these things ahead of time. About a month ago, my mother and I had this conversation, and she says, I don't want you to spend one dime trying to keep me alive. Don't sell no assets. Don't cash nothing in. I want you to to go ahead and let me go to sleep. And I was like, that, I'm with you. I get it. I got it. Right. But you need to put that in writing because I have a brother who would fight me tooth and nail on that. And I have a stepsister who would do, you know, anything for my mom. And so she wrote it in a letter, emailed it to everybody. They all called and said, are you okay? And she said, I'm very much okay. I just want you to know that Tony's in charge, and if if it comes down to having to spend a bunch of money to keep me alive, we're not doing it. And that's the loving thing to do. So she protected me because I know I will be the decision maker, but she protected me from having to fight them with, you know, Mama said this. Well, Mama didn't really tell them, and so now everybody's fighting. So make sure that you do the loving thing and put everything in writing that you want so that your family, and have a conversation about it. And I know people don't want to talk about death and the what-ifs of life, but the what-ifs of life are very, very real. And if we don't talk about it, then people are going to have hurt feelings and you're going to leave people mad behind, and that's definitely probably not the intention. So that's it. That is such a on target because, I mean, that's what I've been focusing on for 20 years. I help people make their own living trust. And and if you own a home, if you have assets and you own a home and you don't have that in a trust, your assets go through probate, probates, courts, courts take attorneys, and they take 5 to 25% of your money before your family gets it. So if you mm-hmm. have a mom and dad and mom and dad have a house and they don't have a trust, then you're going to go through a nightmare of court and attorneys without because you don't have the right paperwork. Or, if, like you said, if you don't have the wishes for long-term, you know, uh, living will, you don't want to be on any artificial life support. You not only do you want to, you know, make sure you have a power of attorney for health care and that Tony, you you're on there, but you want a copy of that to be at the doctor because nobody will right. take anybody's word of mouth. You've got to have the legal documents, and if you have any assets at all, you should have a trust, powers of attorney for financial and health. I mean, we we help people. We've been doing this all over the country for 20 years. And we give them away. We only charge $597 at the time of this recording. We are going to raise our price. But this same trust they charge five to $15,000 for. Mm-hmm. And I got so outraged with that that I decided that I was creating software. I have an attorney I'm working with, and we're making software so that pre-boomers can make their own documents and not have to pay their estate you know, a ton of money for it. So these are so important. And for those of you that just joined us, you're listening to Ready, Set, Retire. And my guest today is Tony Harris. She's the turnaround queen. And, Tony, maybe you could tell everybody how to get in contact with you and um, what you might be offering today. All right. Well, my uh, website is tony-harris.com. 
you can uh, join my mailing list there, and um, you can uh, get a free document on 10 Steps to Turn Your Life Around Today. Um, and then I also have a book on that website. My book is Sometimes You Have to Take a Drastic Step to Turn Your Life Around. And I know most of you would agree it's a compilation of 17 people who have taken drastic steps, including myself. Um, and we have been successful personally, professionally, and financially. So if you'd like to pick up a copy of the book, I'll sign it and mail it to you myself. You can get it from Amazon, too, but you can also get it from Tony-Harris.com. And then connect with me, please, on social media. That's really where I, I drive a lot of my engagement. So Tony Harris hyphen the Turnaround Queen is my business page. My personal is Tony Harris. My Twitter and YouTube and LinkedIn is Tony Harris Speak. Tony Harris Speak. Check out my YouTube and then I I do speeches all around the country and so um and I have several platforms. So in fact there is a a snippet of this exact conversation on YouTube about taking drastic steps for your money. So, again, it's youtube.com forward slash Tony Harris Speak. My email is Tony at TonyHarrisSpeaks.com. Okay. Well, everybody, grab that book for sure. And, and if you want to reach out to me, again, my name is Chris Miller, K-R-I-S, Miller, and you can reach out to me at Chris at Ready for Pre-Tirement. That's R-E-A-D-Y-F-O-R-P-R-E-T-I-R-E-M-E-N-T.com. Go to my website. There's a free article on the three myths of financial planning. I'm known as the money myth buster. I bust myths on money and show people how to make their money last as long as they do. So you can go to my site and grab my number one best-selling book, Ready for Pre-Tirement. Okay, let's just get right back into what we were talking about, where we left off. And I believe, weren't we on, were we on apply yet? Uh, yes, we did apply. Okay. And so now what we're going to do is shift your mindset about money. Okay. And so there are several mindsets that our society have created that really have plagued us as a whole. One of the first things is our beliefs about money is money is the root of all evil. And, you know, that that is a misquote from the Bible. I hear it all the time. Money is the root of all evil. No, the Bible says for the love of money is the root of all evil. And what that means is if you love money over your worship to God, that's an issue. Absolutely. But money is necessary. Money is important, and if we don't have money, I tell you what, you can't be loving with no money. (laughs) You can show the world how much you love them if you have money. So money is not evil, and that's a mindset that we have to get rid of because the way it plays us is if we think money is evil, then we associate having money with being evil, and we won't go after it. We won't. We won't want to be so we sabotage our own success because on the back of our mind we think we're some kind of bad person if we have a lot of money so that's a mindset shift that we need to take a look at the other is people with money are deceptive which actually plays into the same premise but we think that those people who have a lot of money 
must have gotten it ill-gotten Ill gain. So they must have gotten it some underhanded, sneaky way. And we need to um, be aware that if people with money are underhanded and sneaky, and I'm not underhanded and sneaky, I may never have money. <laughs> so that is how these these mindsets actually play into, you know, our success and whether we're able to achieve what we want to achieve. And so another big one that our society has created, I don't know about other societies, but I know our society has created, and that is talking about money is wrong. We don't want to tell people how much money we make. We don't want to tell people, you know, what mistakes we've made with our money. We don't want to tell people what good things we've done with our money. We just don't want to talk about money. And I'm here to tell you now that talking about money is key to financial success. Number one, you got to talk to a financial services person. Number two, you need to talk to your family about money. Parents need to talk to their children at a young age about money, teaching them the value of money, how much stuff really costs. Our kids today think literally. Our parents used to say money grows on trees. We thought money grows on trees. Our kids think that money just shows up, and they have an expectation to get the biggest and the best, the latest and the greatest just because. And we need to give them a realistic picture of what how money works, you know, how much comes in, how much goes out, and not be afraid to show them what a light bill looks like and what a cable bill looks like and how all those bills add up really, really fast, and they just contribute to it by asking for more and more stuff. Right. So talking about money is not wrong. We also need to talk about money with our parents. If they're in an elderly situation and it's time for, you know, someone to take care of them, then we need to know where the money is. We need to know how they want the assets, you know, divided. We need to make sure it's all set up, like you said a few minutes ago, and not wait until somebody passes away and say, oh, I thought my dad had, your dad had nothing, or thinking they didn't have anything, they had something, but the government's going to get most of it because nobody talked about money. So those are a few of the mindsets that we need to take a look at in our society and make a change about having conversations around money. We don't even want to talk about money in our own household a lot of times, and so with our spouse. So we really have to get past those limitations because those limitations keep us down and hold us back from being successful with our money. It's amazing, but that is so true. In, 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 in you know, as a man thinketh, it's just sort of basic, you know, really has the way you think about it, create the world in which you live. It's so important what you're saying, really. So do you actually, do you actually give... Like training with your kids? I mean, do you have them get bank accounts? Well, my kids are, Lord have mercy. I've been trying with, and it's tough with this. I don't know. This generation is very different. (laughs) You know, every generation before says the next one is worse, and I guess that would be true. So, uh, you know, these kids are, it's tough. But I have had many conversations. I'm having real 
money conversations with my kids now because I used to make really good money and as a financial advisor. When they were growing up, they didn't really want for anything. And now that I'm starting over and I'm not in financial services anymore and I'm an entrepreneur and I'm trying to make things happen, money is not growing on the backyard tree anymore. And so, yeah, we are having very serious conversations about money and how, you know, what they need to do. Now, my kids are 21 and 24, so they're not little anymore. And, uh, it, you know, so it's all about making them self-sufficient and letting them know. And, in fact, this morning we were just having a conversation of what bills my 21-year-old is going to pay. She just moved back in on uh, mon- uh, last week. And um, so there's bills that have to be paid, and she's going to pay some of them. So, um, you know, they have to understand. They have to contribute. It. You can't live here for free, so you have to contribute. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Well, I guess the next thing is shift, right? Shift your mindset. Yeah. Well, that was shift. That was shift your mindset. Yeah, that was shift. So now we're going to talk about taking quantum leaps by applying uh, simple financial tactics. So the first thing I would advise the audience to do is a budget. Oh, we hate that B word, hate it, hate it, hate it, but we really need to do that budget. I'm amazed how many people, when I was a financial advisor, how many people did not know what their outgoing was. And um, they didn't know how much they were, Spending. So doing a budget is a tracking tactic that will help get your money under control. Track your spending. So if you're not going to use a um, check register, which we don't really use them anymore, you can use an electronic one. Get it? If you go to Microsoft.com and search for Excel, uh, search for Excel templates check register, there's Excel spreadsheets that will keep your check register for you. So um, you just plug in your your spending, and it will track your funds. But you need to track your spending. Stop swiping the card without writing down what you've spent, where you've spent, so you can see on a whole where your money is going. The other thing is, um, my other recommendation is to have an earnings plan B. Oh, boy. Have you ever been laid off a job, Chris? No, I really haven't, honestly. Well, that's a blessing, but um, uh, I have. And I tell you, it catches you off guard, and you wonder what in the world you are going to do. And if you don't have a plan B or haven't set yourself up for multiple streams of income, you are really at somebody else's mercy. And who likes to be at that position? So if you're working a job, I would tell you to start some business on your side. Do a home-based business where you can get tax write-offs, which will help you with your taxes. You know, Do network marketing. Do whatever you're passionate about and turn it into a business. But have a plan B in case your primary source of income goes away. You know, Who thought the government would be shut down and these folks are looking at getting no paycheck? Can you imagine, really? And that, and that is exactly, that's exactly, and I don't know what, it, maybe you know the stats, but it's some crazy amount of people when that are going to be out of money. 
I mean, not just this country, but that people, something like, I don't know. what. I don't know the stat, but I do know it's a huge trickle down. Right. What's going on? You know, I, I gotta, I gotta believe. I could, although I didn't believe they'd let it get to this point, I gotta believe they'll figure something out tomorrow. <laughs> I, I just can't think that they're gonna let this go on for too long. Because people get desperate and they panic. And when we panic, we do stupid things. And I can't even imagine what this is gonna look like. And so my, uh, uh, just a quick story, my daughter went to the Social Security office yesterday and she said it was not a soul in there. And she was like, okay, I'm going to walk to the front of the line. (laughs) (laughs) And they were behind the counter and said, sorry, ma'am, we can't help you because we are government shut down and we're not working today. Oh, so so nobody gets Social Security? Well, I'm wondering about the checks. But wow. the office where they issue cards, they were not oh. doing any work. Oh, Do you hear me? They were there, but they refused to help her because they said they were shut down. Whoa, they're sure. This just, it really is. It's, it's, it's a sign of the times, and it is really like wake up, everybody. Be prepared on every level. is isn't be prepared just with money. But it's, you know, being prepared with the right state of mind, with God, with your spiritual that's right. All the dots got to be connected. That's right. That's right. And so my advice is start now having a plan B. Sell something. Create something. Do something on the side so that you will be able to earn money in case your government won't pay you. <laughs> and, you know, the government jobs used to be the ones that everybody used to say, go get you a government job. You'll never be out of work. Right. I guess we can't say that anymore, right? I guess not. I guess not. (laughs) So anyway, those are the three things I say. Do a budget, track your spending, and have an earnings plan B because you never know what's going to happen. Right. Good one. All right. So that's, that's quantum leaps for sure. Okay. So now the next one is invest in yourself, right? And markets to ensure that you develop a solid. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, investing in yourself means that you can invest in the markets, you can invest in your plans. Um, you know, uh, and I'm I'm not everybody needs to talk to their own financial advisor to find out how their investment strategy needs to look, but do not be afraid to invest because historically, even with all the craziness we've seen, you know, there in and the ups and downs of the market, there's some investments out there that still work. And so don't be afraid to invest in the markets to grow your money. Don't be afraid to invest in yourself. And that's a big deal. One of the drastic steps that I took was I ended up going to college at uh, 25 years after graduating from high school, and I got my diploma last year, my my bachelor's degree last year. You, good girl. Yep. So even though I was successful with a high school diploma, so I decided to go to school, and I got my bachelor's degree, and now, now I'm getting my master's. So, you know, don't be afraid to invest in yourself. Congratulations for you. That's great. Okay, yep. now you got one more here. Create. 
create an action plan that will help make positive changes in your financial situation. So now we've got all the steps, right? And so I want to recap those steps. It's determine where you are, um, um, understand where your um, financial personality is so that you can uh, restore your confidence. So restore your confidence in your financial future. Apply financial strategies to achieve your goals, like protecting yourself with insurances, setting up a retirement plan, 401k, 403b, working with a financial advisor, shifting your mindset about money, getting rid of some of those old beliefs that are limiting beliefs that will hold us back from making financial the right financial choices. Don't forget to talk about your talk about money with your family so everybody is clear um, what you want and where you want to go. Then take quantum leaps, and that is creating a budget, tracking your spending, having your earnings plan B. And then the again, the I is investing yourself so that you can have a solid financial future, and investing in yourself could mean um, uh, in the stock markets as well as in yourself to improve your education. And so the C is creating an action plan. Let's get to work. Let's start moving forward now. Know where you are financially. Get Once you know where you are, lay out the steps to get where you want to be and start putting your activities towards that. If you want to be out of debt, cut up the credit cards and stop using them. Right? That's a drastic step. If you have um, blended families, you remarried, you want to make sure that everybody knows where they stand in that situation. Know your health. Know your husband's health. Know if he is going to, if you're going to, um, you know, if he's not going to outlive you, where's your, your insurances and all of those things. So, Create and if you don't have any, get it. Now's the time to get it, and making sure that you have an action plan to get where you want to go. But you cannot be successful just hoping and wishing on a maybe someday yeah, this might happen, right? That doesn't. It typically doesn't work that way, no. and so you have got to create a action plan and get to work on that plan. And it's not as hard as you would think. It really isn't. It's just all about taking the first step, whether it's a baby step or a drastic step. And sometimes just, you know, taking the first step is a drastic step. But if you just take the first step and work your plan one step at a time, it will work for you. Right. Awesome. So, and, you know, another thing that happens is people get out there in space and they need help, and that's what you could be able to help them with because a lot of times we just can't see ourselves. So it's really nice to have a coach and someone to, that's been through it, been down the road that can help Absolutely. you walk through it. Absolutely. So I encourage everybody to reach out to you for that. And we're kind of coming to the close of that time. That sure went fast. <laughs> yes, it did. It was a marathon show. <laughs> um, <laughs> give us a cherry on top of what you want to leave everybody with, final parting notes here. Yeah. So here's the cherry on top. My husband, um, his name was Robert. He was an incredible man. And 
he touched so many young women. He was a bowling coach at um a collegiate bowling coach and in fact he put dozens of girls through college and when it came to money he he wasn't the most astute with money but he really um you know wanted to make sure that he could do whatever he could do in his last days to make sure that I was taken care of and I sure appreciate that. So in the journey with my husband's death, um, I learned a lot about people and money. And what I learned is, in the grand scheme of things, money does not matter. It's the relationships, it's the people, it's the love, it's the energy, it's all of that. But I also learned that money will make people do some silly, silly things. And um, he had adult children. And his adult children thought that, you know, they were entitled to things that they really weren't entitled to. And no matter how small it was, they really turned into different kind of people when he was gone. So I say that to say the cherry on top is keep everything in perspective. Know your money, know where it is, make it grow because money makes the world go round and you're going to need that when you get ready to retire. But keep it all in perspective. Make sure you're still giving love. Make sure that you don't fall out with people over money. You know, make sure that you, you know, are forgiving and that, you know, money, money is a catalyst, but it is not the end all and be all. So that's my final thought. And you are so right because it's all it all's in the heart and how we take care of and love one another. That's the bottom line. And when you're in the right space, the other will be there when you need it. That's right. Yeah, Tony, it's a pleasure talking to you, and I really enjoyed it. And again, anybody want to reach out to you? Want to tell them your website again so they can. Tony Harris dot com, and you can email me at Tony at Tony Harris Speaks. Or Facebook me, Tony Dash the Tony Harris Dash the Turnaround Queen. All right, and those of want to contact me again. My name is Chris Miller, author of the number one best-selling book, Ready for Pre-Retirement: Three Secrets for Safe Money and a Fabulous Future. And you can reach out to me at either give me a call at nine five one nine two six four one five eight or email us at Chris K R I S at Ready for Pre-Retirement. And you have a wonderfully blessed day. Okay, thank you. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Found out you can't take the curve at 85. My whole life flashed before my eyes I braced myself to leave this world behind As a million questions raced across my mind Did I live? Did I love? Did I matter to someone? Did I give everything I had to give? Did I save any souls? Was I worried about my own? Was I haunted by the things I never did? 
that I embrace each day with faith, hope, and laughter. Did I matter? From that moment I became a brand new me With the golden ticket to a better destiny And I told my heart there'll never come a day When I'd have to search inside of me and say Did I live? Did I love? Did I matter to someone? Did I give everything I had to give? Did I save any souls? Was I worried about my own? Was I haunted by the things I never did? Did I embrace each day with faith, hope, and laughter? Did I matter? can be a voice of inspiration and my story finds you well cause when the curtain falls there ain't no second chances and you don't want to ask yourself did I live did I love did I matter to someone did I give everything I had to give? Did I save any souls? Was I worried about my own? Was I haunted by the things I never did? Did I embrace each day with faith, hope, and laughter? Did I matter? Did I matter? Oh, oh, did I matter?